Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. I'm Michelle Martin. Good Friday morning. Asia Pacific markets are trading higher this morning following a late rally on Wall Street overnight. Tokyo is leading the way. The Nikkei is up 1.3%. Seoul and Sydney are both up more than half a percent. Investors like reports that the US economy is recovering faster than expected. Yet there are still blockages on the horizon, particularly in global shipping lanes. And for more on that story and all the market action. How's the Friday been going, Ryan Huang? Well, TGIF, Michelle, we are just on the cusp of going into the weekend. Yes, I can see the excitement on your face already. Now, we begin this morning where we left off yesterday in the Suez Canal, that thin strip of water that connects the Red Sea to the Mediterranean. It is such a vital shipping lane for global supply chains. And a skyscraper-sized ship called the Evergreen is stuck there blocking traffic despite the best efforts of tugboats and dredges to dislodge it. So Ryan, the impact of this chokehold could well be felt here in Singapore. Minister for Transport Ong Yi Kang is warning that supplies to Asia could be disrupted and that operations at the port may be disrupted here. How might this affect businesses and consumers here? Yeah, the ship ever given to ever stuck and going by reports that we are getting, it might even take weeks to clear. It's been described as a bit of a beached whale, so you can imagine the type of size and how it's being positioned on the bank of the Swiss Canal. So right now, it's stuck end-to-end, pretty much jamming up the entire path. And looking at the potential impact, we have reports saying there are 200-plus ships, containers, tankers, Mm. trying to get through. And of course, now officials have stopped all ships from going through. So the potential impact in that sense might be hard to quantify because we don't know, A, when that might be cleared. Also, how the plan Bs might play out. Right now, we are also getting reports that some of the big shipping companies are making plans to divert the routes around the Cape route. So pretty much going to the longer route around the African continent. So that'll take longer time and also more costs. You also have some then sending their goods on now trains and airplanes. So that could also be more cost. But if you look at what's happening for Singapore, we had the post by Mr. Ong Ye Kang overnight saying we might see some delays in shipments. So that could see some companies and even the government uh, stockpiles being drawn on to help make up for the shortfall in the near term. Uh, beyond that, it's still quite hard to say what's going to be the delay on shipments, what type of potential delay because you do get your goods from elsewhere as well. So in terms of impact per se for Singapore, you might see some delay. So that is not a big concern right now. In terms of freight costs, we are also getting some comments from analysts that it is also just going to be marginal for now Mm. uh, because there is no major confirmation that this is going to be stuck there for a long time. So I think it's just going to be a wait and see game for now. Yeah, businesses can expect a delay on um, shipments, of course, coming through that route and from the Suez area. 
uh, I suppose every hour that that canal is blocked, some 400 million US dollars worth of trade is being held up. That's according to an estimate by a shipping data company, Lloyd's List. Some analysts say that it could take days, even weeks, to free the stuck ship. So why don't they just offload the cargo first to make it lighter? Have you heard this argument? <laughs> to help this giant behemoth move, unload the cargo, make it lighter. We are talking about a ship with a capacity for 20,000 containers. So just imagine how long it takes to unload one container and then multiply it by nearly 20,000 times. That is going to take a long time. And even then, you might not even be sure that will work. So you have to, in a way, go for the lowest hanging fruit first and try to move it with the easiest option, which is just tug it along with multiple tugboats. But now it seems that is not working out. So they are now trying to get some help from nature. Over the weekend, we are expecting higher tides. So that could be a helpful factor. Uh, But at the same time, nature over the weekend has some plans in terms of (laughs) stormy weather. And we are expecting also strong winds of up to 80 kilometers per hour. So that is the type of wind that got the ship into trouble in the first place. So it's going to be kind of cutting it both ways in terms of how the nature and how weather is going to help um, this rescue effort. Only Ryan knows nature's plans for the weekend. You see, this is the sort of value add you get from uh, listening into our show. That was great, by the way. Yesterday, we reported that the price of Brent crude spiked on news of the blockage in the Suez. Today, though, it looks like traders are taking a more sanguine view. So what is the latest here? Yeah, quickly at oil prices... Um, Like you pointed out, there was a bit of a knee-jerk reaction, but that has since come off. And we are looking at oil prices down by around 4%. And WTI is trading under $59 per barrel right now. And Brent is trading under $62 per barrel. So the thinking here is that the impact on oil prices is limited as the destination for most of these oil tankers is Europe. And Europe is not going through the best of times right now in terms of COVID-19 management. So the economic recovery there is not super. So the demand for oil energy is not as high as it would have been in business as usual times. Mm. So the impact per se, not as great as where it might or could have been. So that is what is being factored into the oil prices right now. There is never a good time for supply routes to be choked, but many companies say the timing now is particularly bad given there are already significant delays in supply chains and a shortage of containers to move products. Don't forget about that. Now, another story that investors have their eyes on today is the release of the latest jobs numbers in the United States. Unemployment claims have fallen to their lowest levels in a year since the pandemic started, but they're still awfully high. So fill us in. What's the latest here? Yeah, so we are actually at a bit of a milestone. So you've got unemployment or initial jobless claims numbers coming in at a one-year low. So you have the latest print at 680,000. That beat expectations of 730,000. So it's under 700,000 for the first time in the pandemic per se. So that is a bit of a milestone. It's also improving from the prior week's 781,000. So encouraging news, encouraging data that, hey, maybe the jobs market is improving. And it's also a huge improvement from last year where we had 3 million claims. So a big jump from last year. But of course, all in is just one data point And we have to be, I guess, a bit more sure that this is sustainable. So... It is 
helping the mood somewhat because we did see markets um, go up eventually overnight. So that is the latest reading on the job market. So mm-hmm. all in, you still have millions of Americans still out of job. So just pushing the needle in the right direction to some uh, yeah. extent for now. I'm going to take a step back for an overview of the markets. Uh, U.S. stocks finished mostly higher overnight after shaking off some initial losses. Banks and industrial counters led the way. The Dow was down nearly 350 points at one point in the session, but finished up more than half a percent. Now, we talked a little about the tug of war going on in markets yesterday, Ryan, you and I. But if we look at the latest trading, do you see a tilt towards the bulls or perhaps more of a shifting of assets? Yeah, that- that is a tough one because it is so choppy these days. And I think you have to factor in the fact that we are now going into the last week of the quarter. And typically when that happens, you have a lot of funds, investors trying to rebalance their portfolios. So there is a lot of moving around in terms of allocations and money. So that is in a way distorting and making things a bit more volatile than usual. But if you look at what's happening overnight on markets, we had gone into the session in the red, actually, and potentially we have been seeing a third day of losses, but there was a late turnaround, a late comeback in the markets, and possibly some of those factors that helped lift sentiment was the jobless claims numbers being at a one-year low. You also had U.S. fourth-quarter GDP better than expected, so that was up at 4.3%, beating estimates of 4.1%. Also, Joe Biden had some good news to share. He had a new target. He is doubling his target for vaccinations to 200 million for his first 100 days in office. And just to top it off, he has already met his 100 million dose target already. So you've got that as a good sign that progress is underway in vaccination deployment. And that puts the US economy in a good position to bounce back. Later in the U.S. day, the U.S. Federal Reserve announced that banks will have to wait a little longer before they're allowed to raise dividend payments or buy back shares. Now, I can't imagine that investors are going to like this news. So fill us in on the details. Yeah, so what we have initially was a while ago, late last year, the initial thinking from the Fed was that they would allow regular disbursements in the first quarter of this year. So... This is now pushed back by a quarter until June the 30th. So at least there's some clarity. Um, So what the Fed is saying is they are pushing it back by one quarter. And on top of that, as expected, they need to pass the current round of stress tests. So it shows a bit of caution from the Fed that even though they think the banks are ready, they want to be double sure. Because Mm -hmm. um, this past week, we heard from Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen saying, She's quite comfortable with lifting the restrictions on dividends and buybacks. Um, But for now, I think they are just trying to be double sure to make sure you've got the momentum going on. And of course, I think the jobs data is one thing they are watching very closely as well. So I think they are looking out for more indicators pointing up before they commit to it. Lots of companies making headlines. It's time for Up or Down, where I name a company or an asset and Ryan tells us whether he thinks it's moving up or down. Are you ready, Ryan? Let's go. Swire Properties. Right. So this is a company that is based in Hong Kong. And of course, it's a property company here with operations here as well. Mm -hmm. And they have sold all 20 units in a 
freehold luxury residential development. And this is the Eden at 2 Draycott Park for $293 million. So it looks like there is still luxury demand. Looks like it's up for Swai properties. Are you one of them? Uh, luxury properties? <laughs> Yes. I have my little freehold properties. <laughs> so I'm pretty happy with that one. Um, a local renewable energy firm called Sunseep Globe Group. So this is a renewable energy firm mm-hmm. and one of the many that offers the opportunity for companies to use green energy sources for their electricity. So this is now in the headlines because Sunseep is weighing an IPO that could raise as much as $600 million. And many of his customers are quite big names. Apple, Amazon, Microsoft. So quite interesting to see Sunseep making headlines. And I guess green is trendy right now. Yeah, I'll track that one. Sunseep planning to go, reportedly planning to go public here in Singapore. How about Chinese tech giants like Alibaba and Tencent? Okay, so that is not so great news for Chinese tech right now because they are being hammered. And that's because a new law has been adopted by the regulator, the SEC, which now allows them to identify companies they feel needs to be scrutinized further and Mm. subject them to auditing rules, US auditing rules, because Chinese companies are not currently uh, previously required to do so. So if they don't comply it means they are at risk of being delisted. So with that threat hanging over them, we saw tech shares of Chinese companies pretty much under pressure. The likes of Baidu was down 14% overnight. You had Alibaba down 3% as well. And JD.com was down 0.5%. So that was an extension of actually what happened in the Hong Kong markets as well, where Mm -hmm. these uh, Chinese tech stocks were also under pressure. Yep, there are concerns that the US may force Chinese tech giants to delist. And that has led to a 20% sell-off in the sector. Next up, Korean chip makers like Samsung and SK Hynix. Okay, so this one's a bit of a down for me. And it's a case of being stuck in the middle because... The Korean companies are in a place where you have the US, uh, an ally of South Korea, now at loggerheads with China. And China also a big customer for many of these Chinese or rather South Korean companies, uh, semiconductor companies, especially Samsung, SK Hynix. So they are now stuck in the middle, Hmm. having to, in a way, choose their friends. Who do you want to have cozier relationships with? Because that will have an impact on not just business, but also security. And of course, the US is a big part of defending North Korea against North Korea's nuclear threat. threat. Mm -hmm. So that is kind of tricky for them to balance. How do you balance the politics and business and try to make everyone happy? All right, I'd say up actually, because yes, I agree, they're facing some pressure from US China tensions, the chip makers, but it is shaping up to be the strongest quarter in nearly three years for Korean chip makers. So it's an up for me. What about Comfort Delgro? Okay, Comfort Delgro is an up for me because there has been some good news this week, and that is with the um, re- reopening measures being lifted, the restrictions lifted even further, where you now have the chance to go back to the office now, more people going back to the office, the current 50% level being raised to 75% come April 5th. So that is good news for ComfortDelGro because it means more people will need to travel, possibly taking more taxis, taking the trains. So that is going to be good news for business for ComfortDelGro. And 
that is also seeing its stock price getting a lift. And we had actually an AGM this past week where they had a board change as well. And it seems investors like the changes. Mm-hmm. And we saw ComfortDelgo's stock price um, up around 2.4% yesterday. Yeah, I'd say up as well. Uh, ComfortDelgo's business expected to grow on the back of that get-back-to-work movement. And we are seeing investors bidding up Comfort shares. All right, I want to ask you a follow-up question related to Comfort. I mean, its shares are getting a boost from the news of, you know, the government going to allow more people to return to work. But so do you think there are other stocks that could get a similar boost? Yeah, so if you think about people going back to the office, it means going back to the CBD, going back to where the offices are. So that is good news for office landlords and retail landlords. So after going back or after finishing their work, they Mm -hmm. will have to go back home or hang around the office areas. So that means more shopping, more retail, more eating out. So that is good news for the likes of landlords like Capital Land Integrated Commercial Trust. Of course, you've got the other developers as well and other property giants that could benefit as well. So you also have events possibly coming back in a bigger way. And with that, you might need more testing for COVID-19. So the likes of PCR testers, those with some skin in the game, like Q&M Dental Group, will also be one of the beneficiaries. And banks with more activities coming back, you could see more loans, more growth, more brighter prospects. Uh, That could be a boost for banks as well. All right, let's check in on local stocks right now. The Straits Times Index finished up one quarter of a percent yesterday at 31.41. If it can stay in the green today, the SDI will finish the week in positive territory. So Ryan, how is it looking so far? Yeah, we were talking about Comfort Delgro and it was up 2.4% yesterday. And so far, it is still flat. But looking at the complexion of the STI, we've got the winners just slightly outnumbering the losers for now. So at the top, you've got Singtel up 1.7%. And right at the bottom, you have Sats down 1.4%. So looking at the broader STI, uh, how the market's moving, it's up 0.4%, 3,154. So quite near a one-year high. So you are looking at quite a positive start to the week, or rather the end of the week. All right, thank you very much. Ryan Huang, off to enjoy his weekend now. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.